This is season five of the Foyne Jones Show, and in episode nine, I'm joined by Damien Sheridan of Stoltz Kitchens. go this unbelievably is still season five of the Foy and Jones show this season we are getting back to business in episode nine we bring to the studio and he hasn't traveled anywhere near as far as many of our previous guests he's traveled from Worthing so West Sussex to I guess Brighton which is almost East Sussex is it East Sussex it is. let's call it East Sussex let's make sure there is an invisible border which we uh, which we talk about Damien Sheridan welcome back well welcome to the Foy and Jones Show podcast. You are being welcomed back because you was a, a guest on the Lockdown Diaries, wasn't you, sir? I was indeed. Very enjoyable it was too. The Lockdown Diaries started as a drunken conversation between mine and my, my, my wife and I. It turned into a, a series of video interviews that captured a moment in time. The podcast, we are back together again and we want to stay back together again. The podcast is, is talking about our businesses, ourselves as people, getting back to business. So we're going to get your take on it, Damien, we get your business's take on it. I think from uh, to, to paint the picture, you know, we were talking just before we went off air and you said, Peter, I'm, I'm different to, to a lot of your guests. You know, my, my business is new. You know, it's four years in and we've been through Brexit and a global pandemic in those four years. So that's tick and tick. Um, but we are non-retail. We're non-digital. In, to an extent, and and we offer something very different. So, just for the benefit of those that don't know you, for the listeners and connections who have haven't haven't come across you before, just introduce yourself, Damien, and tell us who you are, what you do, and paint the pictures. Okay, Damien Sheridan, I'm a sales director of Stoltz Kitchens, and Stoltz is a business which we formed four years ago. Um, I was approached by a, a German investor who wanted to set up a kitchen framework. Um, so we, as, as part of the group, we have Stoltz, which does the contract kitchens, and we have Precision Stone, which is a, a stone fabrication business. Um, so, yeah, it's not retail. It is purely to, to developers. Um, and we do predominantly German kitchens. We also do Italian kitchens. We have a UK supply route as well. So it's really a case of all things are covered. And Stoltz is German for proud, and we pick that name very specifically because we're, we're proud of what we do. We, we want our customers to be proud to use us, and our tagline is, is proud to be different. Because when we set the business up, if we're the same as everyone else in the market, why would anyone take a risk on us? So we it's have a, to be it's different. A, and it's a boring world if we're all the same. Exactly. I, I was talking last week at an event, and I said, that let's, let's be honest, the... It was borderline controversial, but I got away with it because I think I was smiling and I had some trainers on, so I think it was okay, you know. But I was saying the world is full of forgettable people. You know, they they, they pass you, you don't recognise them, you don't remember them. But if you are doing something that you're proud of or you're doing something which you consider fun, and again, something you spoke about off-air, you love what you do, mm. you don't see it as work, you enjoy what you do, and, and that, that comes through. But but when we pick pick Damien Sheridan up and we take take you out of the out of the daytime or out of the day job, um, you are you are local here, you've got a lot going on with your family, and we've got a whole section of this podcast, producer Charlie. <laughs> about spaniels how about that it's going to be less talk spaniels I've got to ask for the listeners because well, I'm going to tell them um, I've, most people know I've got a dog called Snoop Snoop Dog although Charlie doesn't call him Snoop he decides <laughs> to call him Scoop but you know he'll respond to that but Snoop Dog has a double 
He has a double. He has a double, and that double is Eddie. How is Eddie getting on in West Sussex? He is he is really good, yeah. He's um, very popular with everyone in the family and, and the surrounding neighbourhood. Uh, he was at Agility Course last night. Um, but my wife and I can't both go in there because he he never knows who to go to. So I have to sit in the car for him to get get around the course. But no, he's pretty pretty good at that. Pretty um, good at the dog age, yeah, 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 he's, pretty he's, good. Yeah, he's, well, he's good. Snoop had a Snoop had quite a uh, quite a challenging go with his lessons because um, we booked a course of ten at the lovely Plumpton uh, at the Plumpton Village Hall. You mm-hmm, know, mm-hmm. rock and roll. You know, yeah, these, yeah, are, yeah, yeah. these are the, these are the desirable locations. Uh, we went to lesson one and he did okay. Um, we didn't make lesson two because I think it clashed with the KBB show. Um, by lesson three, we were locked down. That was it. There was there, there was there was no more. And um, when when the lovely trainer, she's got the she's got the kennels as you go you go past the tunnel on the A27. You see no, the yeah, stone yeah, yeah. dog gargoyle. It was right. She got the kennels there. She's lovely. She ran me up in around October and she said, "Oh, do you want to come back? We've got another call starting in November, December." I went probably do the December one. Booked onto that, we're back locked down again. I'm like, so 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 when she so came back, when she came back again by March, I said, you know what, he's all right. You know, we've yeah, we've got yeah. by. But um, spaniels are wonderful dogs. They're energetic dogs. Is a family okay? Because obviously you've got a family as well as a dog. Everything good? Yeah, everyone everyone is good. Um, yeah, my wife and I, six kids between us, so four of them live at home most of the time. So yeah, everyone is good and, and getting on with stuff and. Everyone's fit and healthy, which is the important stuff. So, yeah. And and from a from a Damien and Damien Sheridan perspective, with with Stoltz, how has this year played out for you? You know, we we last spoke, I think, just after Christmas time, mm-hmm. and we were we were getting ready for the end or moving towards the end of the third lockdown. The customer base you target and the customer base you work with, Damien, you know. I get this because of my builders' merchant days, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. So, so those developers, they know how to buy. They know they 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 manage their supply chain well. They manage it aggressively, and the projects you're involved in, you know, you can see them. There, there's some quite showstoppers there, and there's you know there's there's a desire for them. How have they reacted to to the market as it is now, and how is the market for you at the moment? The market for us is is full of opportunity. I would say. Um, this year has has been a year where we have battened down the hatches and we've created the pipeline. So, you know, I know one of your previous series was all about being back to basics, and that's mm. that's sort of what I have done in in terms of generating the pipeline of opportunity. But the way I look at it, you know, if you pick some arbitrary numbers, if you want to sell five million quid in a year, because of delays and gestation periods and stuff, you probably need eight million pounds worth of orders. Conversion rates in my in market is typically 20-25% probably. So if you're going to do £8 million worth of orders, you need to be doing £40 million worth of quotes. What customer base can give you £40 million of quotes over a year? What's your typical inquiry going to be? You know, and our inquiries range, you know, a lot of the projects we're working on are two and a half, three, four million pounds But we also do your hundred granders as well because if you get the balance, you protect yourself. So have two or three big projects that you're working on you know, and potentially you don't want to land them all because that might be too much for you. But mm. but you've got to be in the game to. But that, to that's win a, that's it, so. a dark art in itself, though, isn't it? So so in a way, you're almost 
picking your victims is the wrong word, but you're targeting the, the businesses which which work for you at that moment in time. If if you've got capacity, you can bring some. You yeah. bring you bring some of the some of the more attractive smaller projects in. If you are at full tilt and you've got your commitment, and you know there's a commitment and a demand and and that pressure that comes from the larger jobs because it's a it's a constant pressure. It comes from all angles, yeah. doesn't it? That 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 must take managing. But what I've noticed, and it's more from the outside looking in, is that as a team. You hang out in Hemfield, don't you? That, yeah. That's where you hang out. You're all very tight. You all seem to really get on and, and bounce off each other. Is, is that is that was the recruitment part of that, or was it were you friends first and it came together? Um, uh, a bit, bit of bit, really. I mean, most of it is is from finding people with the right mindset. So you know, as a as a directorship, we were quite tight. Um, unfortunately, the, uh, one of our key guys did die, and and he was a fundamental part of getting us all together and we miss him every day and part of the legacy that we want him to we want to give him is building a success of the business mm. but but yeah we are tight and we're, we're all different and we all carry different roles but what we want to achieve is the same we we banned the phrase that'll do because you should never accept that will do. It means that you're compromising on something. And sometimes that can be really hard not to compromise because it's easier to get the job done if you do. Um, and I think, you know, our tagline, proud to be different, is really what we're trying to set the business up to be. Like, like I said before, if as a startup, if we go to the Barclay Group and say, you know what, we've we've got no accounts, we've got no history behind <laughs> us other than as individuals. <laughs> yeah, you know, can, can we can we take a big job, please? There has to be a reason for them to do it, and yeah. that reason can't always be price. Yeah, um, you know, and and we we're talking before. I have no issue with people selling on price if that's their business model and the customers know what they're buying and they can make money. No, on, and on you doing gave some it, really so. good. I mean, some very different examples of, of, of businesses and shops we all go into mm-hmm. that are completely driven by price point, mm-hmm. and, and they draw you in. They're, they're, yeah. they're, you, you will always go. You know, I, I think I look at our our weekly shop, and it's a it's a it's a mixture of there there and there and it's kind of part of the fun but 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 it is understanding i guess your position is, yeah, is the, and, and is that's that. part of the when you say the dark art of the qualification it, it's understanding your customer base and what they want to achieve and you know part of why we picked a german name is because that will immediately segregate those customers who don't want to pay for german engineered product i'm not saying that uk product is is you know so much worse because we do sell UK products as well and, and I have a history of, of selling UK product but there is a perception and a quality that comes with German engineered product and with that comes a, a price um, and so we sell on value we don't sell on cost and that means that there will be certain you know volume builders who, who don't want to afford our product they could afford it but it, it doesn't suit every one of their developments there'll be some developments where they do want it mm. you know if in, in central London you know the top three builder we have worked for for, for in that market um will we be doing a top three builder site in you know in worthing or arundel no we won't because there'll be people who can do the product cheaper for, for what they're after um so we get that we, we find the product that suits the customer that we're talking to one of our core values is right product right price mm. and that's for them and for us and that uh, uh, right product, right price. That 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 fits so much. And and you you know you you spoke about about the business and and it, and I and I and I love it in a way. And um you know you don't have a showroom at the moment. No. You know and you are a startup and you're going toe to toe with established businesses. Mm-hmm. Right. That that's a credit to the people, the personalities, and the energy that, that that's in there. 
And something you said you said you said earlier on is is something which I think it comes through is that in terms of style beating substance, style 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 doesn't beat substance. Substance beats style for you is is, is the way you said, wasn't it? That was. Let I me mean, do this part again. I want to get this right. For you, it's style doesn't beat substance, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So let me do it again. So so we, we lose all that there. So da- Damien, in terms of kind of how you approach. Other aspects of the business, so the the digital aspects or the trading aspect, aspects, you know, style versus substance, substance versus style. Bring that to life for me, and, and what that means to you and your team. Okay, and so if you look at, you know, I'm I'm in my mid forties, despite looking. 10 years older um, and the digital age is not something I, I'm comfortable with I am very much a Luddite and you know it's always quite amusing in, in our business that I've got the best computer and only use it for Excel and Word and can't do anything else on it um, and then you look at today's you know today's youth I sound like a very old man saying that but I look at my kids and it's all TikTok and Instagram and there is a persona that you put out into the social media world to get the likes and, and almost the affirmation that they're looking for and, you know, if you look at LinkedIn, I, I can put a post up on LinkedIn and get two and a half thousand views and 80 likes. But if someone doesn't send me an inquiry, mm. what is it achieved? Yes, it's built a brand, it's built awareness and so on and so forth. But all of that is to get someone to send me something to price. So that, like I said before, if I price it, I can quote it, I can win it, I can sell it. And that's that's really what it's all about. And you never lose sight of those numbers, do you? That's, no. It's always it front and centre in everything yeah. you do. Yeah. And, and, and I get that. So... You know, there are people that are inflated over likes. Like likes are for ego. Like likes are, you know, I'm not saying they breed arrogance, but you know, there is a the, the counter argument is it's a real human being that, mm-hmm. that has been bothered to press that or respond or to it. Or it's a bot. <laughs> but but some yeah, but sometimes it can happen through algorithms. It can happen because my boss says so, and mm. and it, and it's forced. You know, you've, we've seen examples of false kindness. We've seen examples of being seen to do the right thing rather than actually doing the right thing. And, and, I, and I believe that, you know, if you have the engagement, and by real engagement, that's people commenting, people getting involved, people messaging you, mm. people asking if you can help them in whatever the situation mm. is, and it turns into something tangible, that's an amazing, amazing place to be in. Yeah, and, you know, there are influencers out there who build a career on the like, so I'm not, I'm not saying it's it's not right for everybody what i'm saying is for my business in my market at this moment in time and for you know the next three four five years that's what i need to do because i need to create the substance to create the base to build from you know we 2022 we're going to sell over twice as much as we sold in 2021 because of the work that we've done bringing in the opportunities um you know the 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 deals we've done with with certain builders that that have got three four five years longevity to them and that will then give us the next step to take and and so you know we'll be in the two months leading up to the pandemic our run rate was going to be 10 million quid a year and that was year the start of year three it's it's good numbers then the pandemic happened and and we you know had to had to ban down the hatches and, and shrink it right back but, you know, next year we'll be into double-digit numbers again because the opportunities are there and, and the work that we're doing. And you don't double your turnover by chance. No. You know, you don't double your inquiries. You don't double your opportunities. You don't, you don't execute them by chance. Mm-hmm. There's, there's, there, there is work. There's blood, sweat, toil and tears, as Winston mm-hmm. Churchill would mm-hmm. say, to get you to that point. 
and, and and turning that around, you've always adopted the principles. It came through in the lockdown diaries. It came through in other things. You've, you've adopted the principle of getting back to bit basic. Mm. So this podcast is about back to business. So mm-hmm. we're looking at how, how, how the KBB sector, the merchant sector, the instruction sector, and other allied industries have responded, rebounded. We've seen people stand up above the parapet. We've seen people go head down. We've seen the examples in the best of humanity. We've seen examples of the worst in humanity. I think from your perspective, Damien, the role of a sales director, you know, targeting the customers you do, that has challenges now which you would never have foreseen before. How are you adapting to them on a daily basis? Like, what, what's your, what does your week, your day, your month look like? I mean, that's something I think that listeners would really... Because you, you look at people and you go, oh, he's a sales director, oh, he's a marketing director. OK, mm-hmm. what, does, what does that actually mean? Yeah, and I think it's different in a small business to a big business. When I, when I had 15 salespeople running... For me, and a target of sixty-five million quid, there is a lot more ivory tower sitting that that happens. Um, you know, and I, I worked really hard in my career to get promoted, so I didn't have to make another cold phone call, and then did a startup. So, so you know, you you end up hitting the phone a lot. Um, and I think it, it's interesting as well when you look at working from home and how much harder it is now to get hold of people because if you don't have someone's mobile number or direct email, it is much much harder yeah. to get to get in touch with them than it than it was previously. And that's where I think something like LinkedIn happens. And, you know, I always taught my sales guys to, if, if you're going to work on targets, 10 or 15 is the most that you can work on. Because if you're working on 40 or 50, you're doing all of it badly. So focus on ideally 10 and do your research. And that research involved going to the building site because you can speak to the sales negotiator and, and really get an understanding of, of what they're selling and, and what products and whatever. And then get onto the building site because the site manager will tell you stuff because he's trained to put bricks and blocks together. He's not trained to be a gatekeeper. So he'll tell you about your current supplier. He'll give you that mobile number of that key decision maker. Because when COVID happened, you couldn't do any of that. So all of my techniques are saying this is absolutely the right. If way I could have to took tell. you back in time, right? I would love to have t- took took that answer, that that part of it there, back in time and just dropped you into my London sales conference when I was juice and sales director. <laughs> and and you know the amount of time we were trying to win the hearts and minds and saying like, there's a skip, there's a scaffold, there's a new site, go on it. Yeah. Talk to yeah, walk on there, be fun. Like, you will gather so much information. Don't get the person who's going to push you back in the office straight away until you've got something for them that there in in a way that i could never encapsulate that well boom you know and it (laughs) it is because you start talking about their football team on site you start talking about what what's late and you find out that that, that they're late oh they always get let down by these people you're almost getting your answer you're getting your pitch aren't you yeah you are and it's surprising how often you bump into the senior decision maker in a cabin because you know they do director visits they're out and about doing doing their jobs um, but of course, that is an avenue which is cut off and then is back open and cut off again. And so, it's. Re- I mean, I'm lucky that I, I've got 20 years' experience and I've got a lot of contacts. And uh, you know, that that is a an avenue that I keep going down. And it's you know picking the right time for what's going on in their lives and their businesses as well. Um, but it's finding, you know, using things like LinkedIn, you know, putting up the post to get the right engagement. Finding that, you know, I still drive past a, a site, still make note of the board, still look at who they're, they're selling. And then, you know, the phone conversation that you then try and generate has to be different to uh, this is a sales call. I, and you can't do the research that you normally would have done. So you've got to be a little mm. bit creative with, with that side of things as well. But it's creating the right opportunity with the right customers. I, I, I would say with, with 
you know, I wouldn't say I'm an influencer in any way. Maybe a micro influencer, Charlie, would you say I'm one of those, maybe? That's a thing, apparently. It's a thing. Um, but but with, with the, the size of the network I have and the, the presence I have, I would say daily basis I get 30 or 40 messages on LinkedIn coming in and, and and they could be in a range of businesses that want to talk recruitment, businesses that want to talk digital marketing or virtual 360 tours individuals that through no fault of their own might be job seeking or people that are tipping their, tip, tip, dipping their toe in the water maybe thinking yeah. about a new job but what happens with that is that you you kind of get quite you know oh, it's enough message enough message enough message you know and, and I always you know um, you know have a look at my profile have you got anything for me you know those and you're like thinking well in today's day and age we don't have a hidden drawer of jobs that no, we don't yeah, we, yeah. we don't share with the world like we've got a preserved vacant we're lucky enough to have a project we are putting that project out you're yeah. going to see what we've got and then what 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 gets my attention something that might you know me ego you know, it might mention that Fulham have won yeah, it might yeah. mention one of my recent posts it might have a little video a voice message it, something like that and you're going oh they've tried how do you sign out from the crowd they've got That's me right. they've yeah. got me I'm in now I'm mm. in mm. you know and I'm going to respond to it and we adopt that at our business and, and, and again you mentioned something chances of me ringing someone and them answering the phone and going hi Peter how are you it doesn't happen mm. you know you might get lucky you might time it well we were, we were laughing about Chai. we were laughing about my best work's done between 6 and 8 o'clock in the morning and 4 and 9 o'clock at night mm. I'm not I kid you not with that mm. I used to do, do a big speech about you know we, we work vampire hours you know we come out when others well, when others stop work mm. but that's the best time. Life changing. Mm. I'm talking to, to Damien about a career changing or Charlie about a career, a life changing career opportunity. Do you want to talk to me between two and three, between your next two client meetings? No. <laughs> you want to talk to us as a business when you've got time. And, and being able to, to recognise that and stand out is what we do. So, so my business will send video messages as a hello. Mm. We will put a video in into a simple email and to see what we want to say, you've got to listen to the video. And actually, it draws people in. If you, if you look at any analysis now, people will remember what they see on a video quicker than they remember what they've written. And the world's not going to go back to how it was. So we've had to adapt and we've had to make changes. I think what we'll do, Damien, in the next part, next half of the podcast, is we'll just talk about how we see this year rolling, where we see the challenges facing, and maybe just give some back to basics and back back to business advice for job seekers players in our industry and just people in general to keep themselves upbeat and keep themselves going it Thank you very much for coming across today. Be good to catch up on all things Eddie. I've got a little thing that I think Eddie and Soup can be doing this year as well, but we'll come on to that. Cool. Great first half of the show. Are you enjoying yourself? Yeah, have a good time. Life-changing recruitment for the KBB, builders, merchant and construction industries. Creative social content, specialist knowledge, world-leading video technology, helping you find career happiness and helping your business attract its stars of the future. We are Foyne Jones. This is what we do. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, before we go on, big shout out to our sponsors. Without you, the series doesn't happen. So thank you to MHK Holding UK. Episode nine, we've got Damien Sheridan 
back in a Jones Digital episode. Um, one of the things you spoke so passionately about during the Lockdown Diaries was going back to basics. And I think if we go all the way back in your journey, mm-hmm. Damien, you've got a great story to tell about why you become a salesman. Because it's honest, it's open, it's humble, and it's made me laugh. So if we share that with, with my listeners and connections, I think it's going to make them, make them smile as well. Why did you get into sales, Damien? Well, I, I was 20 years old. I had been manager of builders merchants. I'd been made redundant um, and I wasn't trained to do anything. I needed a car. Um, and basically, that's, that's why I became a salesman. Yeah. And, and you know, I always remember the Brett Martin salesman, Roger, used to come into my builders merchants with his red Vauxhall Cavalier. And I thought, God, he, he's got it made. That, he, that's, he's, that's, li- he's living the life. dream, isn't yeah, he? Exactly. Yeah. Um, I, I had a guy like that. His name was Keith. He's a good top, top lad. He was my rep when I was at Travis in Fulham. And he, he had a red car as well, funny enough. <laughs> and like, this is how we had, I mean, he had me on a plate, right? Mm. He used to come in, he'd buy me a little bacon roll. He said, if you do, you know, have you got any new accounts, any leads? And I'm like, I've got them all here for yeah, you, Keith. Yeah, exactly. Here's like 20 new customers that I can tell you what football team they support, what their jobs are. He said, oh, you know, do you fancy a beer afterward? He'd buy me like one beer. I'm like, oh, I'm, yeah, I'm in, yeah, with, exactly. a, I'm in yeah. with a guy. Yeah. I want to be you. He must have gone home laughing his head off. I was I was smashing his new account ratio for him just over the counter. Yeah, exactly. But I loved it. And he was like, you know, I'll put a good word in with, with Mark Tanner, we'll get you a sales rep. And I did become a sales rep, but, but it is that, there's no master plan sometimes, is there? You did it because you, you liked what he did, and, and it, and it yeah. did it grow from there for you. And that was in a different day, wasn't it, when that happened? Yeah, that was in a day where, you know, you have a, a, a pocket full of 10Ps because you need to phone in your order from a phone box, and, you know, the, the phone box smells of urine and half of them don't work, and that's, you know... and sat nav wasn't a thing you'd, you'd drive with the A to Z on your on your lap and you became very skilled at reading road signs in the mirror as you'd driven past them and that's that's how you found your way around I, I found um, when we took some storage uh, out, I mean this storage has been all over the world you know, but we took, I, I found my old London A to Z when okay, I was yeah. a rep with Travis the old you know, like the big, I found it and I'm like oh you know that, that was if I was in Fulham and I had a job in Battersea and it was like St John's Hill it was off St John's Hill but it was a road I don't know Dermot Close I, I'm never going to find that without no, that no, I only no, need but... to probably look at it once or twice and realise it's the third left when I turn on but that, that's how we got about wasn't it yeah and uh, you know my, my area was Shrewsbury down to High Wycombe because I lived in, in Birmingham at the time so you know I didn't know Nottingham very well or Derby yeah. or, or Warsaw. You know, it's just, you, you needed them. Um, but yeah, it, it's, I'm very lucky that I found a career that I loved in an industry that I loved. And, you know, I'm really passionate about it. And, and I also appreciate how lucky I am. Yeah, and that, and that's important, isn't it? Is is that we we are blessed in a way that yeah, I've I've got that I, I've got it now where I'm 19 years in I'm in my 19th year so 18 years in with with the Foyne Jones Recruitment Group um, and we've evolved we've changed and where we are now I really enjoy everything we do you know I enjoy the people I work with I enjoy the people that work with me I enjoy the clients and the projects that we're involved in and, and I do do sometimes think. What, what what would I change? And, and, I, and I don't think I'd change anything. You know, I've, I've made I've made good decisions. I've made bad decisions. I've made okay decisions. But everything I've done, it still goes back to what what I learned on my granddad's market store. It was personality. It was the power of communication. It was doing a deal, having fun, and making sure that those old ladies that remembered me and my granddad on our stall because we were more friendly. We had more banter. We asked them how they were getting on, and that just comes it carries carries on going through. And do, and if you found 
found from a, from your perspective that some of those skills you learn in the early days you still you still throwing them out there now? Yeah, uh, I do, and you know, I, I've probably sold. I mean, I've been kitchen sales for twenty one years now, and I've probably sold around four hundred and fifty million pounds worth of kitchens. You know. The four hundred and fifty million pound man. There you go. Yeah, and it's a TV series, but but all because of the guys that that I work with, guys yeah. and girls. And, and you know, well, it makes me really proud when I look back on on the teams I've had and how many senior people within other kitchen companies have worked with me or for me at, at some point. And that that's probably my my greatest achievement because because anyone can say we sold 400 million quid you know it, it's i haven't sold 400 million quid I, my target has cumulatively been that and that's what we've achieved but you know that, that seeing how some of the guys i work with develop and you know one, one of the guys who's a sales director at uh, another kitchen company you know messaged me and said i still throw some of your old lines around and and you know yes we have a script when we when we're selling but it's more than that. It, I believe passionately in what I what I say. It's not just a trite line coming off to to get the job done. It, but you know, you know when the, when the, that sales director is saying that to you, that that's genuine. That mm. there's 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 warmth there. I I've worked for quite a few people over the years, certainly in my corporate days, not not since two thousand and three. But there, there's only one individual, one man that I still call boss. Mm. He's the only one, and he had the most. He probably had the most influence on me, apart from my father-in-law and, and my close friends. He was, he, he was, um, had the most influence on my career when I needed it, you know. And and, and Mark Tanner, shout out to Mark Tanner. He, he listens. He's been a guest on the podcast a couple of times, survival series, and he's been on on, on the podcast before in one that's something season season one. Mark was was an amazing sales manager, and if he generally said to me, I mean, we're four or five flights up, four or five flights up here. Mm. If he said jump out that window, I would have jumped out the window mm. for him because mm. I, I, he was my gaffer, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. and he and he gave me that chance, and he, he he had those people skills. He taught me that that you can manage people in a way that makes them want to work with you, and it was. There was uh, respect. There was kindness. There was a kick up the backside mm-hmm. when it was needed. But he delivered it the right way. If you were really down, he delivered it in a different way to when you just needed to be not so flash, mm-hmm. you know. And it was a different, different management. But I would never have got to sales director level in my in my twenties if it wasn't for his mentorship and yeah. his support. And actually, my career overtook him when we was in merchants. But mm-hmm. it never felt that way. He was always still my boss. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. and I always looked at him like that. Um, recruited for him, you know. He's 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 he's, he's semi retired now, but he's he's doing some great stuff. And, and and you you look back on on single moments in time. And if he hadn't encouraged me, him and Chris Larkin encouraged me to go for a God rest his soul, Chris Larkin. But if they encouraged me at twenty three to go for a regional sales manager's job, you know, huge promotion, sort of a. Moving from there, I know you can see it on the video. So moving from there to there in terms of career, but jumping four or five levels when arguably everyone's saying you're not ready, they said go for it. You can do it. You yeah, do learn it. on the job. Yeah, it's, and I got it. Yeah. You know, I got it. You know, if, if you're a 17 year old superstar footballer like like Wayne Rooney and Michael Owen, you play. Mm. You know, yeah, exactly. there's no different to our world for that. So with with the the next generation attracting the stars of the future. Mm. What, 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 what would you say to someone beginning their career who's going into your route to market with kitchens? What, what should they look out for on that journey? How can they do better? I think it's, you know, it's, it, it's really a triumvirate. It, it, there's three things. I call it the milking stool, the old milking stool with the, with the three legs. And, you know, and if one of those legs is weak, you're going to end up on your ass. And, and those three things are really, you know, product knowledge, sales schools and attitude. 
I can give product knowledge, I can give sales school skills. The attitude comes with them and, you know, positive mental attitude, PMA, all that, all that Americanisms. Only one person can make them get out of bed and want to achieve, and that's them. Mm. And, and, you know, if they don't have that drive and that tenacity and that will to, to get on with it, they won't achieve what they could achieve. Mm. And it's as simple as that. You know, it, it's, there is no substitute for hard work. And, and that resonates. So, so everyone we spoke to, you know, L who was a brilliant, brilliant guest in the last episode, she's had to knock over stereotypes, all right? So, so, she's, she's, so she's, she's knocked over so many stereotypes to get to the position she's in now. And she's knocking them over every day. And, then, and she, she said, you know, believe it, you can make it happen, go for it, don't say no for an answer. And, and I think from, for me, I, I, I love it when my guests can, can, can bring that down and you break it down because you take out the science, you take out the politics, you take out the corporate talk and actually you can control that i would love a world damien where what you said there replicates itself in the recruitment process because i'm going to upset some of the hr managers that listen to this i will upset some of the hiring managers i'm working with now because they will sit in a room like this or on a video call with me and they will say to me i will go product knowledge um Market experience and attitude, and it'll be attitude first, attitude and personality, mm-hmm. then understanding the market and product knowledge is down the bottom. Mm-hmm. And I'll say, okay, fine. So, so that's that's what we're looking for. Then when we get to the money end, so many people still play safe. Mm-hmm. They play safe, and I'm like, but you, you, you've told me, yeah. And they're like, well, no, but you know, they've worked three years for a competitor, and it just feels like they can hit the ground yeah, running. Yeah. So I said, so what are they going to do in a year's time when they've when they're tired? You know, because they're not going to grow anymore. That's the level they're at. And I'm not undermining those individuals because they've got good careers. But if that's what you want, tell us that's what you want because that's what we get you. But I think it's (coughs) – it depends what sort of team you're putting together because you're not going to have a a team full of, you know, Cristiano Ronaldo's. You're not going to have a team full of, you know, (laughs) Aaron Ramsdale's. It's about getting that balance. And, and, you know, you you will have the guys who will hit the numbers – the same number every year yeah. and give you that consistency. But actually, that's really useful to have as well. Yeah. So that, that your, your other guys who are more flash and pan, because, you know, the, the challenge I always had managing my sales guys was getting them to deliver the same consistent number on an upward trend every year. Because you would often have someone delivering 5 million quid, 2 million quid, 5 million quid, 2 million quid. And that's because they didn't manage the pipeline. So when the 5 million quid happened, they then had to manage the 5 million quid. They weren't spending the time Mm. building the next pipeline. You know, it's like the old saying, if you want a good January, work really hard in December. Don't switch off in December because that's actually January, February, March's numbers that you're working on there. Um, And particularly in, in my industry where decisions take forever to get made. Everyone needs their, their designs and their quotes tomorrow and then won't look at it for six months. So that pressure and that pressure has always been, yeah. been there and will always be that, that way because I'm really focused on one package, they're focused on 15. And, that, and that's the nature of the, of the, of the beast. Um, but it does mean that you've always got to be working on an 18-month rolling pipeline. And mm. that's where the hard work needs to come in because you won't win an opportunity on month one of that 18-month process, but you can lose it. 
And so you've got to do your qualification quickly. You've got to keep the right activity up. You've got to keep enough hairs in the race so that you can decide which ones you're going to really back when it comes to the crucial time. And ma- managing the pipelines, it's so it's so crucial because it's you, you you also get get excited when you score a goal, don't you? You know, so so. But that but football, it doesn't matter the size. But that, <laughs> how that, you score the goal, yeah, you still get excited. But that, but that football it, yeah. team doesn't win again if they don't go back to the training ground and if they don't prepare, they don't protect practice, they don't mm. do their homeworks. Um, and I bring football into every podcast. Mm. And I, have you seen Fulham's league position, Damien? Just, I, yeah, I have. That's in the championship, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yes, yes, it's in the championship. But we are in at the very top of the championship. All Although Fulham fans, don't know what's happened to them, not me included, they're revolting, right? We are revolting because whilst we're still top of our division, no one's better than us, and whilst we've scored more goals than anyone else in the country, and we've got the top scorer in Europe, I think, in Alexander Mitrovic, we've, we've, how dare we, we've not won our last three games. We've only drew them. Mm-hmm. It's not OK. No. Apparently it's not OK. We want more. <laughs> I mean, these boys and girls that are get, giving it large on social media again, you know, the digital warrior, keeper warriors, they, Charlie, they've got to be careful what they wish for, mate, because I've seen us lose to Yeovil Town in the, fall, <laughs> in, in the FA Cup and, yeah. then, and then get beat by, like, Mansfield at home in a fallen-down Craven Cottage. Still gone back the next week, but we've got to be careful what we wish for. Well, um, as an Arsenal fan, I, I, I sort of understand that as well. You spend 10 years wanting Wenger out, uh, and then You get what you wish yeah, for, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. And, and do, you know, do you know what? I mean... I never dreamt of Fulham ever playing Arsenal, apart from maybe an FA Cup third round. Mm. I saw us play them every year for 13 seasons. Mm-hmm. Then we dropped out, and we came back for a year. We dropped out spectacularly. We came back, we dropped out again. My only wish for the football is that this time around, if we get up, and we'd have to really trip... Oh, God, be careful what I say now. I'll get it out. We'd have to really trip ourselves up to not get promoted yeah. with our squad mm-hmm. and the way we're playing. Juventus and AC Milan could take Mitro, which might be a problem, but I don't think he's going to go there. Um, if he would have gone there, he would have gone there earlier in his career. Sadly, he's between the divisions, isn't he? He's not good enough for the Premier League, and he's but far he's too good, good for the, the championship. He's far yeah. too good for the championship. Apart from, though, when he played against two Premier League defenders, um, which, I mean, we're recording now, but when, when, when he played against Bournemouth and they had Gary Cahill and Cook, mm. they are two Premier League defenders and, and they... Bosch that. They're the reason we didn't win 5-1. Yeah. And the game was won all because of those two centre-halves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It wasn't about who won. The, the football match was won by Fulham. The result was won all because those two defenders absolutely bossed Mitro. Mm. And that's the difference. Mm. There's a lot of KO and Cooks in there. Yeah. And that goes back to your, and I'll get back to your work adage, that goes back to the, you know, you need them regular performers. That, you know, I remember listening to Dean Saunders talking about football and he's saying, you, you pick your 7 and 8 out of 10s first because yeah. if you've got 6 or 7 of them in a team, you're not going to lose that many games you're going to be alright you need a superstar goal scorer you need, you need someone else like dictating play but it's those consistent it's performers yeah. that win you your, win you the title the goal scorer yeah they get the plaudits they put the ball in the net and that's why they're lauded and if it's Granite Zacker they're the foundation which stops you progressing <laughs> and moving forward and moves you backwards oh, every there time you go. and is an absolute Charlie's laughing away when football comes in it is there so, so let, let's wrap up the football and we go back to our closing message on this podcast Damien what do you think what, what, what's your hopes for Arsenal 2022 and beyond will you have the same gaffer where do you see it going I think we will have the same gaffer because it, you know we're not a club that, that hires and fires particularly I think that you know the, the advent of the youth and the way that he supported them through has been great the problem is they will make mistakes they won't have the legs for a season they, they need the experienced performers to step up. And when you look at Aubameyang, you know, it's not about the money, but since that contract been signed, he hasn't been the same player. He's in his, you know, early 30s now. 
we need someone else to come in with the creativity because that's the bit we're missing. Yeah. Smith Rowe's looking warm now, isn't he? Yeah, he is, but I don't understand why he's playing out left because he's a number 10, he's not a left yeah. winger. But we bought Odegaard and so we, we're trying to fit them both in. But I would personally be playing Smith Rowe as a number 10. Like a Bamiang out left yeah. because he's played his whole career there, and you put Lacazette or, or someone else, mm. Martinelli up front. D- different player, kind of different positions, but but we I see that a little bit with Harry Wilson. I, you know, Harry Wilson play on the left. I mean, we've got a song about him playing on the right. You know, mm. he's, he, 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 his name is Harry Wilson. His right foot, his left foot is dynamite. You know, yeah. we got we got the song about that, but. But actually, I think he's more effective playing like in the hole in the yeah. number ten role because he's a great baller. So, so you want to in the championship, you want him on the ball all the time. If someone can run with the ball, yeah. defenders can't touch him. Yeah, and, and Smith Rowe is one of the best in in the division at doing that. But you put him out left, he doesn't affect enough games. Yeah. He's got himself in, in the squad, gets himself a goal, didn't he? Yeah. I mean, they yeah. were goals for fun in that in that, that in that little yeah. in that little bout of games, weren't they? You kind of you kind of there. So, look, good luck for the season with Arsenal. First and foremost, hopefully, Dane. In. There's an invitation coming. If we claw ourselves back into that top flight, you and the family or a couple of guests, you're welcome to come to Craven Cottage with yeah, me. Spiritual home of football, lovely experience. You can come and watch Fulham take on Arsenal. We don't normally do that well against them, hmm. um, no, but I'm, you know, I'm more than more than keen on going then. <laughs> yeah, but but you never know. You never know. Um, Damien, let's 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 wrap the podcast up. All right, it's been brilliant to get you back on. Um, let's wrap the podcast up with a with just a closing message on and what your expectations are for the KPB industry, the the element of it which you're involved in for the rest of this year. How do you see it playing out, sir? I, I think that there will be challenges um, from a delivery point of view. I mean, the, the appliance shortages are, are well documented and I think everyone in the industry will, will know about those. So it's really about communication because understanding that your customers can live with bad news if they know about it. If you don't tell them bad news, they will always be expecting the good stuff to happen. Um, So, you know, I've always believed in being honest and transparent, and I think that, you know, people trust you because of that. Um, And not every order is a good order. That There is huge opportunities out there. My advice to anyone in in sort of my position or, or a similar business would be understand your customer base, Go for the ones who understand what you can bring to the party. Because if you try to be something you're not, it will always fail. Mm, fantastic. Damien, thank you so much for coming on today. I said I've got something else I wanted to talk to you about. Um, I think I'm showing my age and I'm bringing you into my age group, so it's tough. You're going to have to come on this journey with me. Uh, in years gone by, I would have said, let's meet for a beer in Brighton, let's go to a late bar, let's go out clubbing, let's do something, you know, which which the younger crowd do. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to suggest something. I think that um, we've been putting together for, for Snoop some Snoop Dogg Meets little videos, right? Okay. And he's been, he's been getting quite fake, getting quite popular Snoop. Is. I mean, cool. You know, when, when we first spoke on the on there, you said, "Oh yeah, I've got a dog like yours." Mm. We never met, you, right. know, you know. But I'd love to do if you're up for it. We can meet somewhere in the middle, so like yeah. the Brighton, Brighton Hove Beach sounds somewhere somewhere sensible. <laughs> then, that's that's round Hove Lagoon way. Let's do a Snoop Dogg meets Eddie. Uh, Eddie moment we'll get Charlie the producer to bring his camera we'll film him running around we'll grab a drink afterwards maybe sometime uh, January, February next year fancy that? would be perfect Okay, so Snoop meets Eddie is in the diary we'll book up Charlie the producer Damien good luck for the remainder of 2022 let's see what the future brings we'll get the Spaniels together keep keep doing the basics right we'll join you in the next episode thanks for listening this was episode 9 of the Foyne Jones show and this season we are getting you back to business 
Thanks for listening. That's the end of the podcast. In next week's episode, we've got a very, very special guest. He's got a career in kitchens behind him, but he's now a professional boxer. Brad Cousins is going to be in this studio. Look forward to that episode. See you next week. Thank you.